Blog Talk Radio. How are they going to do that? 
They can't even verify them. Their own. Their own. I mean, the notice describes the contact tract as a sole source ordering order, meaning Equifax is the only company deemed capable of providing the service. It yeah, says right. the order was issued to prevent a lapse in identity checks while officials resolve a dispute over a separate contract. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle blasted the IRS decision. In the wake of one of the worst, uh, most massive data breaches in a decade, it's a decade, it's impossible. We've had one a decade before Yeah. that was that bad. It's irresponsible for the IRS to turn over millions in taxpayer dollars to a company that has yet to offer a succinct answer on how it at least... They should put a block on this. Yeah, 145 million Americans are personally identifiable uh, information exposed, uh, said Orrin Hatch. Uh, but the uh, committee ranking member, Ron Wyden, piled on. The Finance Committee will be looking into why Exifax was the only company to apply for and be rewarded with this. I will continue to take every measure possible to prevent data payer data from being compromised in this arrangement. Uh, The IRS defended its decision in a statement saying that Equifax told the agency that none of its data was involved in the breach. Oh, shit, right. And that Equifax already provides similar services to the IRS under a previous contract. Yeah, but that was before it was hacked, for Christ's sake. Following an internal review and an on-site visit with Equifax, the IRS believes the service Equifax provided does not pose a risk to IRS data or systems, the statement reads. At this time, we have seen no indication of tax fraud related to the Equifax breach, but we will continue to closely monitor the situation. Well, they're not even going to tell it's you. It's only been uh, uh, a day. seven or eight weeks. That's about it. Oh, and, and it was five weeks before that that, that they, they knew about it, but all of their bastard uh, CEOs and all their stockholders failed so on failed out. Yeah. All right? And, That's uh, and then too. five weeks, yeah, and they're being charged for insider trading. Uh, Equifax did not That's respond to the request for comment. People. Equifax disclosed a cybersecurity breach in September that potentially compromised the personal information, including Social Security numbers, of more than 145 million Americans, data that security experts have described as the crown jewels for identity thieves. The company is one of the three major credit reporting bureaus whose data to determine whether consumers qualify for mortgages, auto loans, etc., um, and the uh, the company has subsequently taken criticism for issuing confusing instructions to consumers, which contain language that appears aimed at limiting customers' ability to sue, as well as tweeting out a link to the fake website uh, instead of its own security site. That's right. Yeah. You can't even get. I couldn't yeah, even get yeah, to yeah, do anything. Yeah. No, you can't. The Justice Department later opened a criminal investigation into three Equifax executives who sold almost 1.8 million of their company stock before the breach was publicly disclosed. Former Equifax CEO Richard Smith, who stepped down after the breach, endured endured a bipartisan shaming Tuesday at a hearing of House Energy and Commerce Subcommittee. The full committee. Republican Chairman Greg Walden of Oregon proclaimed, "It's like the guards at Fort Knox. It, it's like the guards at Fort Knox forgot to lock the doors." Represents Susan Del Ben, Democrat of Washington, and Earl Blumenauer, Democrat Oregon, separately penned letters to the IRS Commissioner John Koskinen, demanding to explain the agency's rationale for awarding the contract to Equifax and provide information on an alternative the agency considered. I was initially under the impression that my staff was sharing a copy of The Onion until I realized the story, in fact, true. The Onion being a satire uh, magazine. Yeah, Blumenauer wrote, The IRS, which has suffered its own embarrassing data breaches as well as a tidal wave of tax identity fraud, has taken steps to improve its outdated information technology with the help of 106.4 million that Congress earmarked for cybersecurity upgrades and identity theft prevention efforts. Hatch questioned the agency's security systems in a letter to Koskinen last month. Hatch said he was concerned that the IRS lacked the technology necessary to safeguard the integrity of our tax administration system. No, it isn't even ours. 
It's a separate agency. It's not a government agency. So why are we paying for all their upgrades? That's right. It's not a government agency. It's a private agency. So why are we paying $140 billion to... It's designed to collect the tax, to collect taxes to pay off the Federal Reserve. Yeah. Sixteen unanswered questions about the Las Vegas shooting the mainstream media doesn't want to talk about. Well, the first one I mentioned was... How did the guy get all that stuff up there, all those guns? Yeah. And also, when they showed a picture, there were two broken windows. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, what the hell, what, what was he doing here? He was shooting out of both windows? Didn't make sense. You know? Uh, there was more than one gunman. As you will see below, the evidence is mounting that there were multiple shooters, and that this was an operation. This is from Zero Hedge. Uh, What's operation. that? Zero it's Hedge. A, it's a website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, they do a lot of stuff on this. Hmm. Um, uh, but according to the mainstream media, 64-year-old retired accountant with a flabby physique that had no military training whatsoever and that uh, wasn't very experienced with guns was able to pull the whole thing off all by himself. We are being told that Paddock was a lone wolf that didn't have any ties to terror groups, and since he is now dead, nobody is even going to be able to interrogate him. Well, I think he was killed. But the American people definitely deserve some answers, so they're digging. And it says, the following are 16 unanswered questions about the Las Vegas shooting that the mainstream media does not want to talk about. Okay, number one, photos of Stephen Paddock's hotel room have been leaked. And one of those photos appears to show a suicide note. Why hasn't the public been told about what is in that note? Number two. Where are additional shooters? Uh, were there additional shooters, rather? A taxi driver... A taxi. Ta- no, sorry, taxi driver uh, reportedly captured video of an automatic weapon being fired out of a lower-level window. A video from another angle and brief footage captured by uh, Dan Bilzerin also seems to confirm that the automatic gunfire was coming from a floor much lower than the 32nd floor room that Stephen Paddock was located on. And if you weren't convinced by the first three videos, this fourth video should definitely convince you. Uh, But number three... Why were law enforcement authorities discussing another suspect on the fourth floor? And why isn't the mainstream media talking about this? Number four. As John Rappaport has pointed out, it would have been impossible for Stephen Paddock to kill and wound 573 people in less than five minutes of shooting with the kinds of weapons that he is alleged to have used. So why won't law enforcement authorities acknowledge this fact? Number five, how in the world did Paddock get 42 guns? It turned out not to be 42. Yeah, it turned out to be 27 or something like that. And several thousand rounds of ammo into his hotel room without anyone noticing. That was what I wondered. Or how he even got it up there. How did someone with no military background and wasn't a gun guy at all, well, he must have been. He collected all those guns, operate such an advanced weapon? Because what we are being told by mainstream media just doesn't make any sense. I really like how Natural News made this point. And this is a quote from them. They're saying, uh, far from the firearms, illiterate media claims, there are no, there are not systems that any Joe off the street can just pick up and use and effortlessly mow down 500 people. Running these systems requires extensive training, experience, and stamina. It is physically impossible for a guy like Stephen Paddock to operate such a system in a sustained, effective manner that we witnessed, especially when shooting from an elevated position, which throws off all range of the weapon system. Far from being a Navy SEAL, Stephen Paddock is a retired accountant, senior citizen with a gambling problem and a flabby physique. The only way he could have carried out this this shooting is if he were transformed into a human super weapon without a magic wand. Through uh, a magic uh, yeah. wand. And I'm calling this mission impossible because of the physical impossibility of a retired, untrained citizen, senior citizen pulling this off. Number seven, the question is, why was one woman telling people in the crowd that they were all going to die 45 minutes before yeah, the Yeah, this attack? is something that, that uh, there's several reports on that. And number eight, why 
did it take law enforcement authorities 72 minutes to get to Stephen Bartlett? Yeah, I didn't understand that either. Why it took over an hour when a guy had a blown out window and everything else, you know, <clears throat> to get to to get to the hotel room? Why did Paddock? Why did Paddock wire hundred thousand dollars to the Philippines last week? And number ten, why was Paddock's girlfriend Mary Lou Danley in the Philippines when the attack took place? Did she know what was about to happen? Was pa Paddock on antidepressants? Yes, he was. I just got an article that shows he was. Like so many other mass killers in the past have been? Yep. And 12, why was uh, ISIS so eager to take responsibility for the attack? And why was the FBI so quick to dismiss that connection? Apparently, Paddock had earned millions of dollars through real estate deals. If he was so wealthy, why would he all of a sudden snap like that? And 14, why did he move so frequently? It is being reported that Paddock had 27 different residences during, throughout his life, adult life. Wow. I like to move around a lot. Fifteen. Why were nearly all the exits out of the concert venue completely blocked? Remember I, I said that, that yeah, there were no exits except exits in the back, and I found that very strange. Yeah. In essence, the concert trapped the people, preventing them from escaping and denying them the ability to seek cover. From there... Sustained full auto gunfire is almost impossible to survive. From Fox News, a caller named Russell Black, who was surviving the shooting, said live on the air, there were 10-foot walls blocking us in. We couldn't escape. It was just a massacre. We had nowhere to go. Number 16. Why was the country music festival chosen as a target? Was the goal to kill as many Trump supporters and other conservatives as possible? And is there evidence that Stephen Paddock was connected to Antifa in any way? At first, I thought that this was a fairly straightforward story, too. But the more I have dug into the more complex things that have become... Uh, that have become. Oh, personally, that have become. That's yeah. period. Personally, I have come in to the conclusion that Stephen Paddock definitely did not act alone. This means that others involved in the shooting are still out there, and they must be brought to justice. Let us never forget what these extremely wicked individuals did to innocent civilians, such as 27-year-old Tina Frost. A 27-year-old woman has lost her right eye after the bullet ripped through her face during the Las Vegas concert massacre. Tina Frost remains in a coma in a hospital, undergoing surgery to remove the bullet that became lodged in her eye when a gunman opened fire on the crowd of country music fans on Sunday night. Frost, who is originally from Maryland but moved to California several years ago, is expected to remain in the coma for a week. It must be a medically induced coma. Yeah, and whoever did this is going to pay greatly. Yes, I believe that Stephen Paddock was involved, but he did not act alone, and the mainstream media is doing the public a great disservice by ignoring all the evidence that this was not just a lone wolf operation. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they told yeah. to present it that way. Yeah, you know, and you know, I, I've lost all faith in, in anything the mainstream says. All faith. Well, you can't because, help but question I mean, it all the time. They don't even ask that. I mean, ever since the Puerto Rican mess, all right, they, they lost, the media has, has completely ignored uh, uh, Florida, completely ignored uh, uh, Texas, okay? How about St. Thomas and the Virgin Islands, and And they don't even mention Louisiana, which got hit again really hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nobody mentioned that at no, all. No, 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 it's like sick shit. Uh, you know, what the hell is going on? Who's telling these guys what to do, you know? Uh, it's ridiculous. Now, here's, this was something that really pissed me off the, the other day when I, when I read it. But it's like, uh, I mean, uh, it's really freaky. A trio of white Texas brothers accused of luring a black teen to meeting and shooting him dead. That's the kind of shit that's going on here. Yeah, it's like... Three of white Texas brothers accused of luring a black teen to a meeting and then shooting him? Yeah. Yeah, this way Ross and I, he's pretty credible. But, um... It says, um... Go to read that? Yeah. I'll read part of it, and then you can read part of it. Three brothers from the town of White Settlement, Texas, are accused of luring a black 18-year-old to a meetup and shooting him to death in an attempted robbery gone wrong, said The Root on Friday. 
WFAA-TV reported that 23-year-old Sean Garrison, 18-year-old T. Garrison, and 17-year-old Kyle Garrison are all in custody and being held at 200,000 bond for the murder. That's all? For the murder yeah. of 18-year-old Xavier Olesco of Fort Worth. The brothers are expected to be arraigned on a charge of capital murder in Olesco's death, which took place on September 18th when he was fatally shot in the chest in front of a residence on Tumbleweed Trail in White Settlement. It is currently believed that the victim was acquainted with Sean Garrison, who reportedly con contacted Olesco wanting to meet. Unbeknownst to Olesco, the brothers planned to rob him at the meeting. However, the robbery went wrong, and 18-year-old Olesco was shot dead. Witnesses told police that the teen went to the front of the residence to meet with someone when they heard a gunshot. When Olesco's friends ran out front, they find the 18-year-old lying on the ground, not moving. One of the witnesses called 911. Uh, two of the three Garrison brothers have had previous run-ins with the police on charges of violence. Sean Garrison was arrested in March on charges of causing injury to a young girl, a girl younger than 15. Middle brother Kai was convicted twice of causing bodily injury in 2016. Nice the Star Telegram said that a fourth brother, Brian Garrison, 20, is currently serving a 50-year prison sentence after being convicted of continuous sexual abuse of a child under the age of 14. Boy, according to the courts, this is sick shit. These guys, are, these guys are some sick fucks. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But now, angry kids. Now this 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 one, you know, this is that San Juan woman there, the San Juan oh, mayor, admits that she hasn't met with federal officials at joint field offices over hurricane relief effort. Well, she's got to meet with them to get help. Yeah, I mean, this is amazing. Uh, Unless you know, she can't get there. But this, no. You don't know where the field office is. Maybe well, no. she does. They do. They, they, this, well, it's, we don't know, Leo. Uh, we only hearing one side uh, here. She, she just didn't. Yeah, I, I read this. She, she didn't know what the hell she is. She didn't even bother. San Juan Mayor Carmen Ulan Cruz, a Democrat, went on a tirade on Saturday accusing President Trump of allowing Puerto Ricans to die because he just doesn't care. Yeah, but now it turns out Cruz is not the loop, not in the loop, and hasn't even bothered to participate in meetings with officials from the Federal Emergency Management uh, Agency or other federal agencies. In a Sunday morning interview with George Stephanopoulos, ABC News, a week, the former Clinton press secretary grilled Cruz on what she might, uh, what, what she's, she's been, been up to since, since the hurricane. Maria hit. Well, Stephanopoulos said, the president's FEMA director is suggesting you're not really plugged in. Yesterday he said you need to make your own way to the joint field office and get plugged into what's going on. Have you been to the joint field office? And if not, why not? And Cruz replied, well, number one, I got a call from the White House a couple of days ago. I think it was Thursday. Mr. Bosser told me, told, uh, took it upon himself to call, and I was very glad that he called. And he seemed to be a very action-prone guy uh, that doesn't uh, want, does what he says and says what he does. What the hell that means. So we got appointed a FEMA coordinator. We have two uh, people that are appointed to San Juan, and we are the capital city, the largest city in Puerto Rico, and the most amount of population. And we got appointed just link, direct links. So, actually, I was in FEMA the couple of days afterwards uh, when there were uh, San Juan Marriott. When they were at San Juan Marriott, I was invited to visit, and we have been communicating ever since. Things have to be done in a sustained manner, and I only get for a population of 350,000, or perhaps half of them are in need of food and water, sustain supplies, then you know, I get four pallets of food, three pallets of water. That's really not even going to provide uh, uh, for a dent. And the, chain, the supply chain of aid has to be sustained, and we have the logistics in order to do that. Stephanopoulos said, what, will you uh, meet with them? Cruz replied, um, my administration... Uh, people from my administration have been to do this, yes. But it says, so people from her administration have been to the federal field office, but she hasn't. 
Wasn't she uh, elected by the people to do so? Isn't she a mayor in charge? Well, Cruz got in an extended argument with Trump on Saturday when she held a press conference, ironically, in front of pallets containing massive supplies sent uh, since the hurricane struck. It was ridiculous when she 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 was she had all these supplies right behind her, and she wasn't able to get she wasn't uh, sending them out. The president has abandoned Puerto Rico, and Trump fired back with several posts on Twitter. Uh, the federal government is doing all it can in attempts to help the U.S. security uh, territory. Uh, FEMA Administrator Brock told uh, Brock Long told CNN uh, Saturday that Cruz hasn't connected with the FEMA command center established to con- coordinate relief efforts. And the problem, he stated, that the problem we have with the mayor. Unfortunately, the unity of command is ultimately what needs to be successful in this response. Um, and it's not. The mayor of uh, Guaynabo, Angel Perez, meanwhile said in an interview with the Daily Caller that his experience with the federal government has been difficult from cruises, different from cruises, in part because, unlike Cruz, he has been participating in meetings with officials from the federal, uh, from FEMA and other agencies. So, and this goes on, but basically not too far much more. you got to talk to the people in order but, to get but stuff. She never, she never went there, you know, and she never said anything. She never, you know, all she did is tell complain. Is, is complain that they were dying there and no one was helping her, but she never even made an attempt to get to, the help to, she to, needed to go there to figure it out. That's what she's paid. This, this was a very interesting, this, led, this? this is seven minutes of rant, basically, but but this guy from uh, uh, Russian TV. But this is real, what was really interesting about this is he, in seven minutes, he basically gives you the whole history of, of Puerto Rico and how they bankrupt, how they got bankrupt, and how these vulture capitalists bankrupted it. Okay. Yep. And That's what, after, I think that was after the crooks were thrown out of Cuba. Probably, but let, let me, this is very, very good. The guy's very good. They did the uh, same yeah, thing there. Yeah, the Lee Camp, uh, what you aren't being told about Puerto Rico. Okay. Uh, let me, let's, let's Who is this. that guy, anyway? His name is, I think his name is Lee Camp, and he's a host for Russian TV. But, oh, okay. Uh, but Russian TV is, uh, it's, an, it's an internet big thing. All the libs are on Russian TV, even, uh, um, Believe it or not, you know, uh, George so- Schultz, remember him? Uh, yeah. Not George. Um, I know. The guy, guy on CNN, the, yeah. the Schultz. Uh, he's got a show on there. Oh, he got really? thrown out of CNN and he got on up here. Oh, okay. And, uh, on the Go ahead, turn TV. that on. And a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of uh, uh, guys got it on Russian TV, believe it or not. Hurricane Maria slammed into Puerto Rico, devastating the whole island, right? You, you know that. You know that. Because the corporate media... That's what they do. They do a good job of covering disaster porn. They're, 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 they are on it. They are in there. Disaster, disaster porn 24-7. They love it. Adjectives don't do justice to what Hurricane Maria did to Puerto Rico or to what is happening right now to more than 3 million people who live there. But a few accurate ones are apocalyptic and devastating. That is true. Puerto Rico is devastated. But what they won't tell you is this. It's because of Wall Street and corporate America and Congress. Puerto Rico is an American territory, right? It became a territory in 1898. We plundered the sugar from them. We turned them into a tax haven for our corporations, never allowing them to develop and build up an economy of their own. We then took that tax haven status away, took the corporate benefits away, leaving them with fucking nothing. It's colonialism 101. Just this year, they became the largest bankruptcy case ever in the American bond market history. 46% of Puerto Rico is below the poverty line. 11% unemployment. And this is all proof that austerity never works. Cutting back on all the resources a society is supposed to provide does not help an economy bounce back. So in order to deal with the financial collapse in Puerto Rico, the U.S. did the same thing that we did in, uh, in, in Flint, Michigan. In Flint, Michigan, they replaced the actual elected officials with an emergency manager, an unelected official who then guts their society. Take away the democracy. That's why these cities and towns and colonies and territories are struggling. There's too much democracy. Now, we know how that ended up in uh, Flint, Michigan, right? Flint, Switzerland.
fertility rates decreased by 12% among Flint women, while fetal death rates rose by 58%, 58% higher because of this lead poisoning. The same held true in Puerto Rico. The U.S. Congress mandated an unelected fiscal oversight board. Many Puerto Ricans refer to it as the junta that made all of the decisions for Puerto Rico's economy. Colonialism 101. But CNN won't mention any of that. Don't just talk about how tough Puerto Rico has it after this hurricane and how great the people are. With textbook hospitality. Oh, gracias. She takes the time to make us coffee. A few miles up the road, more kindness and much more misery. We don't show them the same kindness, right, that apparently they're showing us. Wall Street, via vulture funds, has gutted the Puerto Rican economy. They're literally called vulture funds. They circle poor countries and poor communities, and then they go down and rip the innards out. They gut every remaining dime out of the people. They force them to cut medical care and education and, 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 and infrastructure, all the things you need if you're going to survive a natural disaster like a massive hurricane. Read Greg Powell's book called Vulture's Picnic. Now, he's not talking about Puerto Rico in that book. He's talking about mostly Africa, but the idea is the same. They buy up a country or territory's debts, and then they rip it apart in order to collect the money that is now due to them. In one famous example, they took the money allotted for AIDS medication to the dying people in Africa. That was what they collected. As an American, I wonder how do Puerto Ricans feel about being American territory in times like this? Do you, do you think America will come save you? Do you hope they will? See, Ugh, I wouldn't look to us to help you. It's like looking to a fox to help the hen that has a broken leg going to the fox doctor.
destruction and the imperialism. Let's act like the results of it just fell out of the sky yesterday. We had no idea where any of this came from. No idea. And we see all the ramifications of the fucking disaster generation that we've created. This is your creation, you corporate media fucks. That's all I've got for you today. Get this story out there. As I've said before, Facebook and Google and YouTube have basically waged war on alternative media. So if this is going to get to people, it's going to be because you shared it with friends. Keep fighting. Yeah, right. It was crumbling when they before that storm. It was bad when I was there. I was terrible. It's like a third world country. Then you got to the hotel. It was the hotel was nice, but. And the well, people seemed nice, you know. I just felt bad for them. They were so poor. Well, your daughter was down there a while back. What, what is she? I didn't really talk to her about oh. that. She she only went to the hotel, I think. They stayed there mostly. Oh. And they went to the old city, which is beautiful. I love the old city. And that was prior to the hurricane. Yeah. Well, anyway, we got some issues here. We got some issues. John Hopkins researcher releases a shocking report on flu vaccines. Really? Yeah, that's bad news. Okay. In 2015, a whole new slew of flu vaccines found themselves getting approved by the Federal Drug Administration. This isn't an uncommon practice. Most flu vaccines pass inspection every year. It's well-known advice that has been passed down from doctor to patient that a flu vaccine is something that we all should get. But it has been quickly surfacing that what in these vaccines, especially those from 2015 and after, might actually be more damaging than simply rolling the dice on getting the flu. You know, I was talking to a nurse the other day, and uh, she, uh, she, uh, she had a mask on. Yeah. Yeah, because they if they don't get the flu shot, which she refused to get, mm-hmm. um, they have to wear a mask all day. Well, I'd rather wear the mask. And she said, well, you know, she's she's going down with the, she was going down with a slight cold, but she refused to get it because it made her very very sick before. Mm-hmm. And many people in the house in health field do not want these flu shots. Yeah, I wouldn't say even that. even. Trump himself has come out and said flu shots are the biggest hoax in the world. You know? And uh, the he, ingredient, he said that, actually. I bet he wouldn't say it again, though, now that he's president. Yeah, he did. He said it when he was president. No, no, yeah, he, yeah, he said he that before. Well, anyway, that and, and flu shot and, and the vaccines for kids, he doesn't believe in because that's what made his son uh, have issues. Yeah. Um, the ingredient that gets the most flack is called adjuvant, which is in the, the uh, adjuvant. Yeah, which adjuvant. is in the, yeah, which is in in the an ingredient in this in the flu vaccine. Particularly one in, involved is called squalene, and it has been linked to autoimmune disease side effects. In fact, it may have been used uh, during chemical attacks in the Gulf War. Symptoms. <laughs> Include chronic fatigue, muscle aches, and neuro- neurologic neurologic damage. Neurologic. I mean, what the hell are they using this shit for? It's genocide. It's completely genocide. When it, when we may be a contested subject, it remains that we aren't really sure what's going into these vaccines, and we're being convinced should be used. A scientist who has been working on the John Hopkins School of Medicine released a report sharing his views on the subject, and they aren't very pretty. Here, Here is an excerpt from uh, yournewswriter.com that summarizes aspects of Peter Doshi's report. You can find the original report at the British Medical Journal site. Determine for yourself if the evidence he presents is credible or not. Promoting info, this is a quote, promoting influenza vaccines is one of the most visible and aggressively public health policies in the U.S. Drug companies and public officials press for widespread vaccination each fall, offering vaccinations in drugstores and supermarkets. The results have been phenomenal. Only 20 years ago, 32 million doses of influenza vaccine were available in the United States on an annual basis. Today, the total has skyrocketed to 135 million doses. The vaccine may be less beneficial and less safe than has been 
claimed, and the threat of influenza seems to be overstated. Mandatory act vaccination policies have been enacted, often in healthcare facilities, forcing some people to take the vaccine under the threat of losing their jobs. The main assertion of the CDC that fuels the push for flu vaccinations each year is that influenza comes with a risk of serious complications which can cause death, especially in senior citizens and those suffering from chronic illnesses. When read carefully, the CDC acknowledges that studies' findings may perceived reduction in death rates may be due to the healthy user effect, the tendency for healthier people to be vaccinated more than less healthy people. The only randomized trial of influenza vaccines in older people found no decrease in deaths. This means that influenza vaccines are approved for use in older people despite any clinical trials demonstrating a reduction in serious outcomes. Even when the vaccine is closely matched to the type of influenza that's prevalent, which doesn't happen every year, randomized controlled trials of healthy adults found that vaccinating between 33 and 100 people resulted in one less case of influenza. In addition, no evidence exists to show that this reduction in the risk of influenza for a specific population here in the U.S. among healthy adults, for example, extrapolates into any reduced risk of serious complications from influenza, such as hospitalization or death among seniors. For most people, and possibly most doctors, officials need only claim that vaccines save lives, and it is assumed there must be solid research behind it. All right, but that is not true. In an Australian study, it was found that one in every 110 children under the age of five had convulsions following vaccinations in 2009 from H1N1 influenza. Additional investigations found that H1N1 vaccine has also associated with a spike in cases of narcolepsy among adolescents. That's when you, narcolepsy is when you fall asleep. Mm -hmm. This is quite a long article, so I think that people could go to it themselves. There's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't be taking the blue Well, it says here too, but let me me finish with this statement by the doctor. It says, not only is the vaccine not safe, it doesn't even work. The vaccine is completely worthless, and the government knows it. There are three reasons the government tells the elderly why they should get flu shots. Secondary pneumonia, hospitalization, and death. Yet a study by the Cochrane Cochrane, uh, Group studied hundreds of thousands of people and found it offered zero protection for those three things in the general community. It offered people in nursing homes some immunity against the flu, at best one-third, but that was only if they picked the right vaccine. And the study released in February found that the flu shot was only 9% effective and protecting seniors against the uh, 2012 to 2013 seniors' most virulent influenza bug. Mm-hmm. So, and it goes on. But if you want to, if you want to read this article, I suggest highly suggest you do. Go to um, I don't know what this is. EWA. Okay, Earth. We are one. E-W-A-O, sorry, E-W-A-O uh, dot com, and check that out. That's kind of interesting. But, anyway. Gary. Uh, oh, this was freaky. That I, I, you, you really got to see that, but it's What's like, uh, it says, um, it's, a, it's a video on, uh, people that don't, people that are afraid to go to those to the doctors because of the cost that it costs, you know. And you might want to have that looked at. No, it's just like a tiny rash. Nothing, honestly, I'm fine. Okay. Would you like some lidocaine for the pain? Um, is that gonna cost extra? Um, yes. No, just just get in there. Health insurance, huh? Yep. Better safe than sorry. That's the truth. 
was hoping we could do something a little safer. Oh.
and this will be a roughly political a rough political fight with GOP members from Democratic states, but killing the deductions saves one point two five trillion over ten years and tax writers need to finance lower rates. then um, in, indeed blue state Republican members of Congress are so far willing to take one of the one for the team. The plan is so, is so good on every front, says New York Congressman Congress, that it does not become a big deal. It comes it comes it's if some constituents get hit. Imagine that they're saying the deal is so good that if some get hit, it's a big deal. But blue state districts with high concentration of college educated white voters are going to be the most vulnerable to a midterm wave. If Congress raises taxes on some of those constituents to finance tax cuts for the rich, it will take those seats all the more response impossible to defend. And on the other hand, many of those members already voted for the Republican Obamacare repeal plan, so they might assume they're going to lose anyway and might as well lay the groundwork for a lobbying career. Sons of bitches, it's amazing, huh? Amazing, amazing, amazing. It's just stuck. Just amazing, unbelievable, amazing. But that's the news, folks.
The, DOC, the ACLU is requesting that the Department of Justice resend or amend its warrants. And we successfully fought in court to be able to notify the three people whose broad account information was requested by the government. We are grateful to the companies and civil society organizations that supported us in arguing for people's ability to learn about the challenge overly broad search warrants, said Facebook spokesman. So I think, uh, you know, I, I think it's interesting that, uh, that, you know, this is a very punitive uh, uh, bunch, you know what I mean? So anyway, I think we're going to leave it at that tonight, and uh, I want to thank everybody who joined us and uh, who will join us. And uh, we wish you the very best. Is that all right, Lana? Yep, it certainly is. Okay, well, hope you learned something tonight. Oh, I know, I sure did. We all try to, we try to make everything. I'm very learn. discouraged about the budgets, and just, I am too, Lana. I, I just, I, it I seems like you're being beaten down one proposal after another. Yeah, we we Terrible. invited we invited our old friend uh, Larry Dorman from the Aspen Union uh, on tonight, but. Larry hasn't responded to our request for quite some time, and yeah, the union is in such bad shape. Yeah, um, they're they're trying to survive, I think. They they just yeah, you know, and uh, we kind of gave up their sponsorship last year because of their. Well, um, we had some real differences. Yeah, with Hillary. Not with not with Larry, but with no, Larry's a sweet guy, but Larry's a good a great guy, guy, but he's was between a rock and a hard place, and yeah, and unfortunately, Ashley supported uh, uh, Hillary immediately. They jumped on board before they really needed to, before yeah, there were all yeah. nominations were out there, all yeah. interested parties. Yeah, even uh, they just jumped on Hillary's bandwagon. Yeah. They didn't her. even consider Bernie Sanders. Yeah, so we, we became very, very... I felt um, very jaded very by that. Very jaded by that. And unfortunately, the, the unions gave back a tremendous amount of money uh, in concessions in Connecticut and probably around the country. and. Now they're faced with a major, major lawsuit um, going to the Supreme Court, which is, uh, uh, you know, for uh, against people who are uh, benefiting from all the union negotiations and everything else with company with, with the municipalities, but yet they're not they're not paying union dues and they're not members of the union. So um, this could this could really, really, really hurt the unions. And uh, unfortunately, we um, you know. Kind of lost contact with our union contacts, but we wish them the best and uh, hope they come back from their long coma, right, and get back on track and start supporting some decent uh, people. And don't, God forbid, ever, ever, ever talk to me about Hillary Clinton. Or Washington, the Democratic National Committee, or yeah. Hey, it was god-awful crooks. Yeah, just, just get a union. Or her daughter's name. Or hey, just get a union candidate and run them. You know, you got enough money. Yeah, run somebody. Yeah. Well, anyway, I want to thank everybody who joined us. Uh, peace be with you. And, you know, let's uh, you know, pray for all those guys in Puerto Rico. and The Virgin uh, Islands and, and Houston and...